Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by AMS Media Limited. As ever, I am your host, Harry Simu, and on today's edition, we're going to be looking back at Arsenal's victory at Molyneux on Saturday evening. What a victory it was, a really, really big three points. The, the, the performance was excellent. Um, it was as I've put in the title, the perfect away performance, in my opinion, anyway. And, uh, you know, we went to Wolves, uh, of course, not being the favourites. Wolves have had a fantastic season this year, and uh, rightly so. Uh, the bookies had had Wolves as the favourites to take all three points from that game. But Mikel Arteta's Arsenal appear to be on the right tracks, appear to be progressing, and this was further evidence of that. And there's a few... Uh, different elements I want to touch on in this episode. Of course, we're going to take some of your live comments as well in the chat. Uh, so if you haven't already, uh, jump in there and let us know what you think as well. We'll be, of course, delighted to hear from you as always. Right. Um, let's start off by looking at Mikel Arteta's lineup. Now, of course, it was Emi Martinez in goal. He stuck with the back three of Mustafi, Lewis and Kalasinac. Tierney started at left wing back with Cedric Suarez uh, coming into the side at right wing back, replacing Hector Bellerin, of course. And then it was Danny Ceballos and Granit Xhaka in the middle of the park uh, with a front line of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Eddie Nketiah and Bukayo Saka. Um, I want to start off by touching on some individual performances. We'll look at some of those. Um, I'll get your thoughts. I'll get your take on those as well um, as we go through the show in the live comments. So big hello to those of you tuned in at the moment, to Omar, uh, to Femi, to the intellectual investor, to Russ. Um, Big hello to all of you. Now, I want to start by talking about the performance, actually, before I go into the individuals. And the reason for that is I can see a few comments here. Um, there's a few people saying um, they weren't necessarily pleased with the performance. But I think when you judge the performance that Arsenal turned in at Molyneux, you've got to stop and think about where Arsenal are at at the moment in terms of how how far we are down the progression line, how poorly we've played for the majority of this season and then evaluate the performance. And yes, the performance wasn't great. Did we lack a bit of creativity maybe at times? Could we have dominated possession a little bit more? Did Wolves have a period where they looked like they were really, really getting on top of us? Yeah, all of those things are probably valid points. But you have to consider that Arsenal have struggled so, so much this season. And, you know, how many of us went into that game expecting the Gunners to come away with all three points? I certainly didn't. Um, I think those who say that they did were, were being optimistic. That's not a bad thing, um, but it was certainly out of optimism rather than expectation. I don't think many people expected Arsenal to go there and, and outdo Nuno Espirito Santo's side. You know, they're a side who have done really, really well since they've come into the Premier League and they clearly have a system, a philosophy, a style of play. Um, and he's had three years now to embed that um, and it's it's working. And, and But you can see... The, the continuity and the cohesion uh, that he's got there due to the fact he's been there for a lot longer than Mikel Arteta has been at Arsenal. They've also got some really, really useful players. Raul Jimenez, Ruben Neves, João Moutinho, Adama Traore. So, you know, this was by no means an easy fixture for the Gunners. And so, yes, it wasn't a, a dominant performance at all times, but it was an organised one. It was a resilient one. 
it was a strong one and it was one of concentration throughout did Wolves have a couple of chances of course they did um, but did we expect them not to no I don't think anybody did let's have a look at some of the match stats now of course Wolves just edged it in terms of possession 51.9 percent for them shots on target though they had just the one compared to Arsenal's five shots overall they had 10 Arsenal had eight um, they had more touches of the ball 692 compared to Arsenal's 651 they completed marginally more passes than us, 516 to 482. Um, so, you know, it, it was a competent away performance. It wasn't one where we blew them off at the park, but it was by no means one where we got completely dominated and, and smash and grabbed a, a victory. So um, I want to touch on a couple of points that I sort of made some notes about earlier on when I was thinking this morning. I'm going to touch on some individual performances and I want to start with Bukayo Saka now of course it was a huge week for him as he said in his um in his interview after the game you know the contract being signed and and then the contract was signed and then he was left out against uh, Norwich City um which you know it was a bit of rotation etc etc I think he understood that I think everybody within the squad understands that at the moment that that's going to have to be the case given the way games are coming thick and fast at the moment but for the majority of the game, I thought Bukayo Saka actually struggled on that right-hand side. I think whenever he has been asked to operate from that flank, he's not quite been the same. And that was the case. I know it was a really tough game, but I think against Man City, if I'm not mistaken, he started on the right and it didn't really work. Um, but that's okay if he puts in a shift, which he did, and then you still see that moment of brilliance. And I'm talking about the goal. Um, Kieran Tierney gets down the left-hand side, cuts the ball back, and Bukayo Saka just checks his run, steps back and turns his body, adjusts himself and manages to finish wonderfully past Rui Patricio. Now, that's a brilliant goal, not because, um, you know, it. Look, let's let's be honest. Kieran Tierney's pullback wasn't accurate. It was meant to be accurate, but obviously he's pulled it back into a space that nobody's occupying. But what really, really impressed me about the young man was his presence of mind. And he spoke about after the game, the fact that he knows now where Kieran Tierney looks to play those balls. And we're seeing signs of an understanding developing between this group. And we're seeing signs of Bukayo Saka's football and intelligence because he just checks himself. He just realises that if he just drops back and holds his run slightly and drops into that position, having seen Kieran Tierney get to where he's got to, that there is something there for him. And he's got back a, a few yards. He's adjusted his body and on the turn, he's finished it brilliantly. Technically, it was a fantastic finish. But for me, the most impressive thing about that was the presence of mind to know that Kieran Tierney was going to do that and to anticipate that before any of his teammates and before any of the defenders, more importantly. Um, so I think he deserves a shout out for that. And what a humble lad he is as well. Really, really enjoyed his post-match interview. And, you know, they were trying to throw him all sorts of curveballs in terms of what position he wants to be playing in going forward. But I loved the way he handled that. The way he handled that for me was fantastic. You know, it was a case of... I just want to be playing. I'm just grateful to be here. Um, I'm thankful to the manager for showing his faith in me. And I love that. I love to see that um, from somebody like Bukayo Saka. Brilliant. I want to talk a little bit about Eddie Nketiah. Um, again, very busy up front, worked very hard, got into some good positions, had a couple of opportunities as well. Um, and again, another encouraging performance from him. And you can see why Mikel Arteta is now rotating between him and Alexander Lacazette because he is taking... Uh, his opportunities with both hands when they come up. He didn't get a goal um, at the weekend, but he did really, really well for the team. And 
the centre forward role nowadays has become a really, really difficult one because often you can find yourself isolated, marked out of games. And unless you're going to drop deep and do like the Roberto Firmino role, then you can often find yourselves on the periphery of games for a long, long time. And Eddie Nketiah is not a Roberto Firmino. Eddie Nketiah is very much a penalty box player. And, um, you know, I thought, again, he gave a good account of himself. Um, and I'm going to come on to talk about Alexander Lacazette, who, of course, came on later on and got his goal, his first away goal um, in the Premier League, I think since February 2019, which is mad when you think about it. A striker of this much quality, not having scored on the road in the Premier League for such a long time. But for me, it's about the confidence that it gives Alexander Lacazette. We saw some brilliant work from Willock in the build-up. Lacazette just takes that touch to take it away from the defender. And then from the angle, he just squeezes it inside the post. It's a magnificent finish. Um, it's a really composed finish. And it's one that not only did it seal the points for Arsenal, but you could see in the celebrations from that goal what it meant to his teammates, who I think value Alexander Lacazette, but just acknowledge that it's not necessarily gone his way in recent times. And he's not been as prolific as he would have liked. And he's not been as lethal in front of goal. Um, the jury's still out for me in terms of, if a big offer comes in in the summer, do you let him go? If he can be used as a make-weight to do another deal, what do you do? I don't know. Um, but it was great to see him sort of get on the score sheet. And, you know, I guess you could see the relief in and amongst the team when he got that goal. And the relief came from that, but it also came from the fact that Arsenal had sealed all the points. Um, lots of positive noises coming out at the moment in regards to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's contract situation. We're hearing reports that a three-year deal has, has been agreed. I've heard some other reports today that it's a one-year extension uh, with the option to add on another year if Arsenal achieve Champions League qualification. So don't really know on that, um, to be honest, but we can only go by the noises that we're hearing from the club. And Mikel Arteta is very, very optimistic uh, about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang staying. And, you know, the more this team performs and the more the team develops and the more he sees Mikel Arteta's plan come into fruition... And don't get me wrong, when I say that, there's still going to be bumps along the road. We've got some really, really difficult fixtures coming up, starting with Leicester tomorrow. Um, so, you know, you've got to be realistic. But I think he he can see that there is some progress. And I think that will go a long way in terms of the contract negotiations. Add to the fact that Henrik Mkhitaryan's on his way out uh, and perhaps that will free up some additional funds as well for Arsenal to meet him at least um, financially. Uh, where he wants to be. Um, another player I want to give a special mention to is uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles because Ainsley Maitland-Niles for me is a player who has had questions asked about his um, his attitude. Uh, he's obviously been asked to play as a fullback quite a lot and we know that he doesn't necessarily want to play there. We know he sees himself as more of an advanced player, whether that be in the centre of the park or whether that be on the flank. Um but for me, he had to come on under difficult circumstances at the weekend. Of course, Tierney was taken off. Ainsley Maitland-Niles comes in. Not only is he coming in as a wing-back, he's coming in as a left wing-back, which is a position that's even more foreign to him. Um, but I thought he did an excellent job in that time he was on the pitch. A fantastic job. I thought he was one of the standout players. And, you know, to deal with some of the threat that Wolves have on the flanks, their wing-backs, whether it be Adama Traore then... Um, coming over there to help out as well. I thought he did really, really well and I thought he deserved a lot of praise. He just got his head down and got on with it. And equally, where I've had a go about um, Maitland-Niles' attitude and the way he 
perhaps should follow the example of someone like Bukayo Saka in terms of his willingness to just do a job for the team and get minutes under his belt, etc. I, I think it's only fair that I praise him today because he did really, really show maturity. He really showed concentration, um, which has been a criticism that has been thrown in his way in, in recent times. Does he switch off? Does he lack concentrate the ability sorry, to concentrate for an entire 90 minutes? So it was great to see him um, have such a positive impact on the game as well. So uh, well worth a shout out. Um, I want to talk about Mikel Arteta's game management. I thought he managed the game impeccably well. Um, I don't think he made a single fault in terms of the way he brought substitutes on. The timings of the changes just fit in very, very well with the way the game was going and would take the sting out of Wolves a little bit and add legs in positions that we needed it at times and when players were starting to get weary. And Mikel Arteta's man management and, and game management, I should say, was key at the weekend. And and we've ha criticised him in recent weeks. Well, there have been people criticising him, saying, oh, you know, this job is too much for him. He's out of his depth. Uh, criticising his changes and his substitutions. Well, you can't knock him for Saturday because for me, in my mind, Mikel Arteta got every single decision right. Um, I think he was really, really pleased with what he saw. You could see on his face at the end of the game that he was, you know, really, really pleased with the result and delighted with what Arsenal had achieved. And, and Mikel Arteta is not someone who shows a great deal of emotion based on what we've seen so far. He's very sort of stern-faced the majority of the time. He gives very short answers to the press. He's very no-nonsense. And so to see him so happy um, was great and was a sign of, of course, uh, what a, a big achievement it was. And again, I know people are going to devalue it and people are going to say, but we didn't blow him off the park and it's only Wolves and... But Wolves have been a far better side than us over the course of this season. Arsenal hadn't gone and won against a team above them in the league, I don't think, for, um, I think it was since 2015. I'm trying to remember that stat off the top of my head. Um, so this was a huge victory. And this was a huge result. And this was a huge sign that Arsenal are on the right track. And again, I'll stress the point that there will be blips there will be setbacks. There will be defeats, quite possibly in the next few weeks because we've got a lot of difficult games coming up. But just stay patient and take the positives from the signs that we're seeing at the moment and that I believe that Mikel Arteta is definitely the right man and I, I stick by that at the moment. I just want to address some of the fans who have been making those criticisms, though, or, or I guess throwing those criticisms in, in Arsenal's direction. Oh, it's only Wolves. Oh, we've only beaten Southampton, Sheffield United, Norwich, whatever. But it's progress. And that's what you've got to look for at this stage in Mikel Arteta's Arsenal tenure. You know, he's come in, he's inherited, in my mind, an absolute fucking shit show. Um, he's had to deal with a load of other crap going on in the background with uh, the likes of Genduzi, you know, the Ozil thing, even though they keep saying it's a sore back. That speculation isn't going away. People aren't buying that. People still believe that there is more to that. The Aubameyang contract situation. Yes, we've got the Saka one done now. We've got the Martinelli one done now. The Lewis one is done. The Marie one is done. The Cedric one is done. But in the last few weeks, those have been huge disruptions, uh, sorry, uh, distractions even um, for Mikel Arteta. So he'll be pleased that he's gotten through this sort of really, really difficult period. Just touching on Genduzi and Ozil, um, there is an argument, isn't there, that the team spirit has been a lot better in recent weeks. I'm not saying that it's because those two are out. Um, but what I will say is, 
Is it a coincidence? And I'm putting this question to you guys. Let me know in the comments. Do you think it's a coincidence that since Matteo Genduzzi and Mesut Ozil have been out of the picture, Arsenal are fighting for each other. Arsenal are scrapping through. Arsenal are battling. Arsenal are showing lots more desire. Arsenal are getting results and the group looks to be a lot more harmonious. I don't know. Let me know what you think. It's an interesting point and uh, one that I'd love to hear your thoughts on um, for sure. Now, of course, Arsenal returned to action on Tuesday night and their games are coming really, really thick and fast. So, you know, the likelihood of us getting another podcast out before the, the Leicester City game is very, very unlikely, um, just purely because of the timings. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that game and looking ahead to that one. Of course, Arsenal take on Leicester City. Last season, um, we were... Look, Leicester City have... have really come up a, a level haven't they under Brendan Rodgers and th they look like they are in with a shout for finishing the Champions League places however I wouldn't say that that's done and dusted they were miles ahead of their competitors uh, for a long time but that gap has been closed significantly and Manchester United are on their heels Chelsea are on their heels um, so there's you know there's a possibility that they could drop out of that but again when we look at this game and if we do manage to come out of it with three points I don't want to hear people saying oh it's just Leicester because Leicester are ahead of us in terms of their performances this season. And so if you're beating those teams and you're getting positive results against those teams, they're not to be sniffed at. You know, you've got to remember where we've, we're coming from. You've got to be humble and you've got to accept where Arsenal are at as a football club and as a football team at the moment. Um, so when I look at sort of the last few meetings um, between us and, and Leicester City, of course, we lost at the King Power Stadium back in November. Um, it was a 2-0 win uh, for Brendan Rodgers' side. Prior to that, at the back end of last season, we got beat 3-0 at the King Power. Um, prior to that, we beat them at the Emirates Stadium um, in the 18-19 season by three goals to one. And in the on the back end of the 17-18 season, they beat us 3-1 at the King Power. So what I'm trying to say is we haven't got a great record against Leicester in recent times. In fact, they've won three of the last four fixtures between the two. So... Um, you know, let's let's go into this one confident, but let's go into this one aware and and understanding of the threat that Leicester City carry. Of course, Jamie Vardy is a huge, huge problem for anybody that Leicester come against up against, and we've got to uh, bear that in mind. We've got to take that into consideration. Um, but I want to see continuity in terms of the system. Um, I understand that we're probably going to see some rotation in terms of personnel. I think that we're going to see. Um, we're going to see Alexander Lacazette potentially start. I hope that we're going to see Nico Pepe back, of course. Congratulations to him on becoming a father. Um, huge news, life-changing news. And that's, of course, why he was absent at the weekend. Um, perhaps we'll see him return um, if the game hasn't come around too soon. Um, so, you know, there's there's lots of, of scope for, for Mikel Arteta to change things. Will Joe Willock come in from the start? Will we see... Uh, fullback options change. We see Bellerin come in. We don't know. Um, but yeah, look, we expect rotation purely because of how thick and fast these games are coming. But I want to at least see continuity in the system. It feels as though Mikel Arteta has found a way of getting the best out of Granit Xhaka, of David Lewis, of Shkodran Mustafi even, um, with the back three and then the, the midfield pivot in front of them. So it's looking positive and it looks like we've got a blueprint. Now, am I saying I don't want Arsenal to ever be flexible and ever change it and ever switch it up? No, I'm not. Um, but I think you need to have a go-to plan for games. And and I'll, I'll make this point now. Do I think that in the long run, 
Mikel Arteta looks at this team and he wants to play with three centre-backs and he wants to play the way we're playing. No, I don't think he does. I think that he'll, in the longer term, probably want to see Arsenal playing in a sort of 4-3-3 type system. Um, perhaps a 4-2-3-1, I'm not sure. But he's recognised that with what he's got, this is the best way to go about it. And, you know, we've picked up three Premier League wins in the bounce, four wins uh, in a row in all competitions. So we are on the up, you know, and, and I expect Arsenal to go and beat Leicester at the Emirates Stadium, given the, the, the levels of confidence that should be running through the team at the moment. Is it a foregone conclusion, though? Absolutely fucking not. So people need to chill out and people need to understand that, you know, it may be a case of it's not our day to day, but let's get a point. Let's build. Let's keep the positive points coming in and, and keep moving forward and keep developing and understand that, you know, Leicester are a good side. We've got some massive games, Spurs, Liverpool, all coming up um, in the next sort of couple of weeks. So we've got to be, um, and of course, sorry, we've got the, the semi-final with Manchester City as well around the corner. So there's lots of games coming thick and fast. There's going to be rotation. Um, I think that you've seen it's been really difficult for uh, managers since the restart. There's been the five substitutions thing, which often disrupts the flow of games. So I think... Between now and the end of the season, it's about measuring the progress. It's about understanding this is a process, as Mikel Arteta keeps uh, talking about. And we've got to be careful not to be too reactionary. If we do go and get beat uh, tomorrow night, if we do end up losing in the semi-final against City, I'm not going to say any defeats in the game against uh, those who shall not be named and all that. But, you know, we've, we've got to stop being so reactionary and understand the process and take the positives and build on those positives over the summer. And fingers crossed we can come back even stronger uh, in the 2020 uh, 21 campaign and uh, achieve Champions League qualification. Right, just got a few minutes left. Let's run through some of your comments in the live chat. Um, big hello to everybody who's currently watching us at the moment. Uh, the overlord of procrastination says, I thought it a good performance. Ober was my man of the match. I certainly think he performed really, really well. I love the ball he played out to Kieran Tierney in the lead up to the first goal. It was almost like a lovely turn and reverse pass. It was beautiful stuff uh, from Aubameyang. And who said he can't play from the left, eh? When we play with wing-backs and it allows him to drift in field that little bit more from the left, I actually think the position suits him perfectly. Um, so really, really pleased to see him uh, continue in a good run of form. Niall Healy says, I think Danny Ceballos is one of the biggest improvements, showing a greater tenacity in tackling whilst also playing more progressive passes. I think you're absolutely right, Niall. I think the midfield... Um, again, done a, done a solid job uh, at Wolves. I don't think it was their best performance in terms of controlling the game and controlling possession. I think we've seen more from, from Xhaka and Tobias in, in recent times. But um, again, they were playing against a very, very good Wolves midfield. And away from home, they did their jobs in terms of protecting um, and they did progress the ball whenever possible. So um, brilliant stuff. Uh, and, and you're right, Danny Tobias does deserve uh, praise. Femi says, Harry, what do you think of Arteta's in-game management? I'm liking what I'm seeing. What do you think? Touched on it already, mate, but I think you're absolutely right. I think his in-game management deserves a lot of praise, particularly for um, the way he, he managed the game on Saturday. I thought he'd done it really, really well. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, J.M. Noroge, have I said that right? Correct me if I'm wrong, mate. Apologies if I've butchered the name. He says, Xhaka may not be the best, but he's proving his importance to this team. Love him or hate him, he is the only player we struggle to replace when he's injured and the results are there to show. I think you're right, mate. 
I think you're absolutely right. Um, he is so key to this team. And again, I'll go back to that point I made earlier. Do I think that Mikel Arteta dreams at night of having a midfield of Granit Xhaka and Danny Sabas? No, I don't. But he does recognise his importance to the team. And I think after all that shit that happened before, it's nice to see that the sensible fans, at least, are starting to understand his importance and are starting to cut him a bit of slack um, as a result of that. Because that sort of toxicity around him is not helpful for the team. It's not helpful for him. And it's just a, a bad vibe that we don't really want around the place at the moment. Uh, Witty Parworth says, too late today for the post-match. Was just eagerly waiting. I apologise, mate. Um, I, I, I had some, we were doing them on the Monday mornings or early mornings. We've had some feedback that some people prefer them in the afternoon. So we're going to do a bit of a mix-up going forward. Um, but we will still be bringing you the Chronicles of Aguna daily. Um, so uh, Monday to Friday, we'll be bringing you editions of the Chronicles of Aguna. So please... Uh, do subscribe if you haven't already. Like, share, comment, listen to us on the audio if you prefer that as well. Um, but we thank you once again for your continued support. Um, Oparam Felim says, football is 50% psychology and 50% game management. He says, it hurts more when you realise how Brighton took six points off of Arsenal. Um, going back to my comment in regards to, well, my question to you guys is, does Guendouzi and Ozil being absent have a positive impact on the team spirit? Omar says, it ain't a coincidence, really. Ozil and Guendouzi don't offer anything to our midfield. Um, Simpy says, uh, big up, Harry. He also says, smash them likes up and subscribe if you are new. Please do. Um, that would be very much helpful. Um, Matt Beaumont asks, what do you think for a Guendouzi swap deal for Partey? I would drive him there myself, mate. I, I really would. I think Guendouzi has shown some promise uh, since he broke into the Arsenal team, but he's clearly a bad egg and he's clearly ha clearly having a negative impact on the place at the moment. Arteta has recognised that if he's not part of his plans and he can help us get a player that we want. See you later, mate. Um, right, that brings me to the end. Apologies, I've got a dash. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in to every single one of you. Don't forget, you can become a patron uh, by heading over to patreon.com forward slash the Chronicles of Aguna. Um, you will see... Uh, you will see... Uh, how to sign up there and you can become a member and receive access to exclusive content over the uh, coming weeks, months and years. Fingers crossed if enough of you uh, continue to stay with us. Um, in, I've been asked what my prediction is for the Leicester game. I'll be bringing you a live stream tomorrow morning in which I'll share that. And I'll also share my uh, lineup for that game as well. So until then, guys, take care of yourselves. Uh, enjoy the rest of your days and we shall catch up soon. Ciao.